0: Let's take our Bibles together, would you, to the book of 2 John, the little epistle of 2 John. I'll do my best to do the job that God's called me to do, and that job is to preach the Word. So we'll look at the Word this morning together to see what God said, remind our hearts of it. 2 John, we we started this last Sunday, we'll, by the grace of God, finish this morning, so this Little epistle. Second John, we're in verse number seven is where we left off. If you'll look there with me, please. The Bible says, "For many deceivers are entered into the world, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves, That we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house... Neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink. But I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. This little epistle is talking about this lady. She's an elect lady. She's a Christian lady. So what's said to her could apply to all we who are saved by the grace of God. The church is even likened unto a a lady, a bride of the Lord Jesus. So these things can be very personal to us, though it was a personal letter sent to this unnamed lady, whoever she is. We talked about this lady and the truth in the first six verses. We talked about this lady and the gifts that she was given in verse number 3. And then John, by the Spirit of God, is going to give a warning to this lady. A warning. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved or how you try to be whatever God wants you to be. There is a warning that God always gives us because this is a dangerous world that we live in dangerous times and so this could have been the most precious lady in the world with the best spirit in the world but John gives her a warning and I want you to see her warning but it doesn't end with a warning it's going to end with this lady's joy but as we look at the warning would you start with me back in verse number 7 and he's going to talk to her about a full reward a full reward because there are some things that you can lose in life. And you, if you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation, but you certainly can lose a host of other things. You can lose your testimony. You can lose the life that God would have wanted to give to you. You can lose rewards later on based upon your act. There's plenty to lose as a Christian. And that's what he's warning this dear lady about. He does not want her to lose the full reward that God has been working in her life as she's been doing what God wants her to do. And so he says to her in verse number 7, and he says, for many deceivers are entered into the world. I, In my mind, I'm thinking that John is, is concerned that this lady might get deceived. Would you not have that thought as you read verse 7? For many deceivers are entered into the world. He's wanting to save her he from her uh, possible deception. He's going to warn her about those that might come in her life. Now I don't know where, I don't know if she's a widow. I don't know if she's a single mom. I, I don't know what all's going on in her family. Her husband, if she has one, is not addressed. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he left her. I have no idea what the story is and you don't either. But I do know this. Evidently, the apostle is concerned enough about her to warn her because he's afraid that she might get deceived. And I would say this this morning. You don't have to be a lady to get deceived. It was We know, understand it was Eve that was deceived in the transgression in the garden. Adam was not deceived. He knew exactly what he was doing, and he still did it against God. But they both sinned just the same. But... I think this warning could be to every person in this building this morning because all of us are candidates to be deceived. It doesn't matter if you are a part of God's chosen family like this lady was because he says many deceivers are entered into the world. I sure don't want you to be deceived. Every day I live, I watch people that get deceived. And it destroys their life. It changes the direction of their life. And you can be a saved person and be deceived. And you know, the Bible, three times, three times in the New Testament, God says, be not deceived, three times. And there are a host of other verses that talk about us and the warning for us not to be deceived. And just, I'm glad you're in church this morning and I'm going to give you the Word of God. But the truth is, the truth is, that the devil is going to try to deceive you. He is the author of deception. And the deception that is in the world is satanic, and our li- our lives and our society is filled with deception. And don't be deceived by the many deceivers that are in the world. Now, if we started with that, the Bible said we, we could start in chapter 12 of... Of the book of the Revelation verse 9 that talks about that great dragon, the devil, that old serpent and Satan who deceiveth the whole world. I hope you understand that the whole world is deceived. The Bible tells us that. You are living in a, in a deceived world. The whole world is deceived. The whole world is caught up in the de- this deception. And the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their minds. And many times that deception is not just... In the form of something overtly that looks wicked, sometimes it's a religious deception. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 13, verse 14, that there's going to be a false prophet that stands up with that Antichrist, and the Bible says he deceiveth them that dwell on earth. He's a false prophet, he's a religious individual. The Bible tells us about the devil's uh, deception that is just on the horizon. The church will not be here during that tribulation period. But the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. That deception is going to come through a false prophet. That deception is going to come through a false religion. Do you look at, would you look at your text here in 2 John? He talks about somebody confessing not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So this person's talking about Jesus. Verse number nine. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. This person's talking about Jesus, but it brings a wrong message about who Jesus is. There's a great religious deception in our day. You know, Satan doesn't mind you being religious. As a matter of fact, religion is one of the quickest ways to hell there is. He doesn't mind you being religious. Now, he does not want you in the Bible. He didn't mind you being religious. You know, that's what scares me about so many people that are even... Sometimes in good churches, they may be in a good church, but they're not in their Bible. And so you're a candidate to be deceived. Because if you receive not the love of the truth, the Bible says those are the people that are going to be deceived with Satan's deceptions. And one of the greatest... One of the greatest answers for deception in your life. If you will love the truth, if you will hug the truth, if you will receive the truth, if you will grab a hold of the truth and love it and live it, the devil's not going to deceive you. But where he deceives people is, where they go to church or they are religious in their activities, but their life is not connected with the truth. You can go to a religious service and not love the truth. The Catholic religion is a deceptive religion. It's not a real, it's, a, it's deceptive. The The Mormon religion is a deceptive religion. It, it's, it says many good things seemingly, but it's a deceptive religion because it's not one of the truth. It, it does not tell you who Jesus is according to this text. The Jehovah Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, we could go on and on. I could name them all if you'd like me to. But religion is one of, the key, one of the keys of the devil's deception in the world. And this is what I want to tell you about that. I am so glad you're in church. We don't have too many seats open here. But I just don't want you to be religious. If you are religious, you are a candidate for deception. You need to love the truth. You need to love the Word of God and love Jesus Christ and have a relationship with Him and fellowship with Him. That's the key to not being deceived. So many people have been deceived from the pew of a church. He says to this lady, many deceivers are entered into the world. Well, look at 2 Timothy. How how do we combat that? How do we understand that? Look at all these deceivers that are in the world. They, They... magnify all the time there's religious deception and then there's just worldly deception deception that's in our world many deceivers are entered into the world the world is has a plethora of all these deceivers that are all around us the bible says in second timothy chapter 3 in verse number 13 but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse Deceiving and being deceived all around you are evil men all around you in this society are seducers they don't dress up with a pitchfork and horns. But many deceivers are entering the world and these evil men and seducers are going to wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. Oh preacher, we have a world filled with deceivers. What do we do? Look at the next verse. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. What's the problem? The problem is people turn away from what they've been taught and learned all their life from the Word of God and they listen to another voice. But continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. I didn't just learn the things I learned from my mother or my father or my pastors when I was growing up. I learned them from the Bible. I learned them from God. And the evil men and the seducers in in this world are trying to get me away from that good word of God. Look at the next verse. And that from a child. You see that? Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. He's saying this, if you get away from that word of God that you are given as a child, these evil men and seducers that are waxing worse and worse are going to get their claws in your life. Guys, the people that... The the tragic stories of our generation. We've lost a generation that knew the Bible. We've lost a generation that heard the Bible, that had a Bible. The plight of America is... She has been deceived though she went to church, though she had preaching. And all you have to do for the deceiver to destroy the elect lady is just not continue in that good word of God and not stay in that that scripture that has the inspiration of God in it. I tell you right now, you're not reading your Bible, you are a good candidate for a seducer to grab your life. And I'll say that from the pulpit to the nursery, to the nursery worker. Because it's that word of God that is that shield for me and is that sword for me that'll stop all that seduction and all those evil people that will deceive your heart. So... This elect lady, I'm sure she's a great lady. But the warning is, don't be deceived. S-s-s- keep your nose in your heart in that Bible. Keep loving the truth. Look at Romans chapter 16. These deceivers in the, in the world, you can spot them if you're smart. You can spot them. Romans chapter 16, watch this. I, I saw this, studying this, and I, I never saw it in this light before. I'm going to show you who you all to listen to. You listen? Anybody listen to me this morning? Here's a really good verse for you to know who to listen to, and it'll keep you away from a deceiver in your life. Romans chapter 6, because a lot of them are on the Internet. Can I say this? The Internet is just one big deception. You know, you can find anything you want to on the Internet. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. You'll find somebody else having the same opinion. You'll find corroboration for all the craziness in your life on the Internet. You'll find corroboration for every, every bad idea you have, you'll find a corroboration of it on the Internet. And people read the Internet a lot more than they read the Bible. Amen. I really think this. If I was if I was preaching or teaching on child training, which I probably need to start doing uh, more of, I would say this: the internet is the is the most satanic tool in our world today, yeah, yeah. bar none, and it deceives people. Well, what do I do about that? Romans sixteen. Watch this. Romans 16, verse 17, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches. What's the word, church? Deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, I've I, I preached that and read that so many times, but I missed a little phrase in my own understanding. He's warning us about people that are going to deceive our hearts by good words and fair speeches. And I've always exalted that part of the equation. But you know, if you look at verse 18 where he starts, he says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the first quality or characteristic of a deceiver, they're not serving Jesus Christ. You know what? You ought not listen to people that aren't serving Jesus Christ. Isn't that a good pattern? In other words, if it's a friend, if it's a relative, whoever it is, if somebody contacts you through the Internet, if you read, find out, is this person serving the Lord Jesus Christ? Is their life about Jesus? If If their life isn't about Jesus, I don't need to listen to them because they just might be a deceiver. No matter how wonderful their speech is, I only want to listen to people that serve our Lord Jesus Christ. That'll keep you safe. But people get deceived because they start listening to people that don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They have no walk with God. They have no prayer life. They have no, no life of witness for the, for the gospel's sake. They're not engaged in the things of righteousness and the things of God in the church. They're, they're not serving him faithfully. But yet they're nice people. Ephesians chapter 4. We look at several verses. I don't want you to be deceived this, this, this morning. And we have a world that believes in fairy tales. Fairy tales. A world that believes we have modern day fairy tales. (laughs) And I'm not even going to get on the fairy tales that you teach your kids. That's bad enough. I'm trying to be nice. Fairy tales, things that aren't real. Deceptions. And so then the world comes out with their fairy tale. Well, you know, you came from a monkey to get rid of God. We won't tell you. Okay, I believe that. That's a fairy tale. Boom, everything came about. You don't even have to be smart to know that's stupid. That's a fairy tale. That's not real. Save the climate, save the world. That's a fairy tale. That's a deception. We're not destroying the world. God promised He was going to keep the world. He holds this world together. He promised summer and winter, amen, until He fried the whole thing. God's going to destroy this world. He's going to keep it until He's ready to destroy it. And the fairy tale is that you can save the planet. You can't save the planet. You can't even save your children. You can't save the planet. You can't even save your mind from pornography. You can't even save yourself from addiction. You can't even save your marriage. You're talking about saving the planet? What a deception! Those people can't save anything. The deception of the fairy tales of the world. You can change your gender. That, that's, a, that's a fairy tale. You can cut body parts off, but you can't change how God made you. And if, if you think, do you not see the deception of our world? People are deceived every turn of life. Why? Look at Ephesians 4. Show you how important church is. The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers... Why? What's the purpose? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ... That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. You know what God says? God says stay in church. I put people in there to preach to you. To make you more like Jesus. And the more you get like Jesus. And the more you're edified. Is the church you won't be a child and you're not a candidate for deception the devil wants you out of God's church and away from the preaching the devil wants you out so he can deceive you is anybody listening to me this morning I love you I don't want you to be deceived you can be the most elect lady in the building but many deceivers are gone out into the world and you're a candidate If you get away from the truth and you get away from that preaching and you get away from trying to be like Jesus Christ and letting him mold you and make you into what he is. This world's deception, not only religious deception and deception that's in the world. How about sin's deception? Sin deceives us. You know what sin tells us? Sin says, this is enjoyable. Sin says, um, this, is, this is good for me. This is worthwhile. This is a good activity. This is valuable for me. This is what I want. That's, sin is so deceiving. Sin will say this to you. There's no cost. There's no price. It'll be all right. Sin deceives people. There's always a price with sin. Doesn't matter who commits it, just ask David. Ask the man after God's own heart that he exalted to be a king and find out if sin has a cost to it. You know why people sin how they do? They think there's no price to pay. Come on now, guys. They think there's no cost. There's no ramifications. Sin will deceive you. The devil will use sin to deceive you. But you know what I want to say to you this morning? I'm trying to get off this, go to my next point. But not only do we find Satan's deception through religion and through the world and through sin. But there's something wrong with us that deceives ourselves. You know, the Bible tells you over and over and again, it warns you about deceiving your own self. 1 Corinthians three eighteen says, "Let no man deceive himself." Galatians six three says, "This if any man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself." That little voice in your head that says you're a good person—that's deception. The voice in your head that says, "You know, you need to go pray. You need to repent." That—that's the smart voice. But the man that thinketh himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. We've already studied it in John John 1, verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Let me ask you a question. Do you have, you have a sin in your life this morning? Would you be so self-deceived as thinking that I'm preaching to somebody else this morning instead of you? Come on now. Did you come here this morning to watch me preach the hide off somebody else that needs it? Or do you think just maybe you might have a problem with sin as well? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If you can't find anything to get on your knees and confess and repent of, I want to tell you, you're deceived. We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't be, don't deceive your own self. In James chapter 1, would you look over there right quick and then we'll move on from this point. Hey Amen. You'll have to go down to the next church to hear the reindeer priest about it. I'm not going to do that. I want to preach about being deceived. You know what the deception... (laughs) While you're turning to James 1. Here's a deception. We can have hell in our home and let's just gather around the tree and put some presents there and everything will be all right. The world says, oh, let's just hold hands and say, sing, give peace a chance and the world will be a better place. No, you'll just feel like it'll be a better place. I mean, you, you think you were in some religious service that give peace, and they're just waving and swaying and they feel it. Oh, they feel it. You know what it is? It's deception. That's not where peace comes from, but it makes me feel better. Just because it makes you feel better doesn't mean one thing has changed. Well, what do I need to do for things to change? James chapter 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You see that? Verse number 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a for, for, forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed. In his deed, verse 26, If any man among you seemeth to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. He's talking about people deceiving their own heart, deceiving their own selves. They're not doing what God says, but they really think everything's all right because at least I'm listening to the Bible. Listen listen to me, church. Listen to me, dear friend that's here this morning. You can listen to the Bible, but if you do nothing with the Bible, God says you're deceived. Some people go to church just to feel better about what they're doing. They don't go to church to get something from God for him to change their life. Be doers of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Oh, such self-deception. That Bible says, and look, the devil, the devil's the greatest deceiver of all. You'd say, wouldn't he in that garden? If he can deceive perfect people. Sinless people. He's so so powerful. But listen guys. That Bible says this. The heart is desperately wicked. And deceitful above all things. My heart. So the next time you think. This person is the problem. And that deceiver is the problem. The greatest Danger in the world is my own heart deceiving me. Thinking I need something that God doesn't want me to have. Thinking that this is the way I ought to go and talking myself into it. Talking myself out of the will of God. Don't deceive your own heart. Many deceivers are entered into the world, that's right. But we have enough problems with the deception that's on the inside of us. That's why you could take a child and and lock them up somewhere and keep them away from society, and they could still turn out just as wicked as anybody else. Because the deception is still in that box, it's in that heart. Mm. Preacher, what do we do? We we go to the truth. We love the truth. We try, take the truth side against ourselves. We won't be deceived. We do what it says, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't understand it. Go back to our text, this elect lady, if she's going to have a full reward, she's going to have to stay away from deception. Look what he says in 2 John verse number 8. He says, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Lady, you've been working for the Lord. You've been doing right. You've been loving God. You've been doing what God wanted you to do with your life. But make sure that there doesn't come a point in your life that you get deceived and you lose the reward, the full reward that you could have had, that that you worked for and that you were faithful for. But somebody else deceived you out of it. Oh, what a tragedy. Watch people live for the Lord for 20, 30 years and then they get deceived and then they lose a whole life of faithfulness. That's what he's talking about right here. He tells us in the Word of God about losing our rewards. He tells us, he says, let no man take your crown. That's what he said in Revelation 3.11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He said in Colossians 2.18, let no man beguile you of your reward. If you've lived a good life for Jesus, don't let somebody uh, deceive you out of all that you have lived for to this point. Don't turn your back on what you know to be true. A full reward or deception. A full reward or cooperation. Cooperation with the enemy. Watch this in verse seven again. He says, Many deceivers enter in the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Verse number nine: Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed. Watch verse eleven: For he that bideth him God speed is partaker of his evil deeds. He says this: If you want a full reward, you got to stay away from deception. And if you want a full reward, you you cannot cooperate with people that don't. Don't believe the truth. He says, this lady, if somebody comes on up to your house, hello, ma'am. We have we love the Lord. We've got some literature we're passing out about Jesus. Could we come in and talk to you? Sure, come on in. And they sit down. You know, ma'am, we just try to help people, and we've got this other Bible we want to give you. What well, what does it say about Jesus? Well, we believe the same Jesus you believe. Guys, people lie. The Mormon Jesus is a different Jesus. He's just one of a thousand deities. Jesus and the Father... And the Holy Ghost are one. If they don't have that doctrine, they have transgressed and they abide not in the doctrine of Christ. He said, don't cooperate with them. Don't even let them come in your house. If they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, don't let them come into your house. And don't bid them Godspeed, you know. You're to be hospital to everybody but those cultic people. Be nice to everybody. Don't encourage people that are promoting deception. Don't encourage them. Don't say Godspeed. That's like God bless you or have a nice day. If somebody doesn't have your doctrine, don't encourage them with them. If you cooperate with people with the wrong doctrine, you know what God says? You're partaker of their evil deeds. If you're encouraging them or helping them or giving them coffee and tea and crumpets and all that and encourage them and they go out, man, let's go get another Baptist. Don't cooperate with the enemy or you'll lose your full reward. He says, Don't let them in your house. You say, Preacher, I'd never let a cultist in my house. You might through the television, you might through the devices. Don't let them in your house. Don't bid them Godspeed. Don't be hospitable to them. Don't encourage them. The doctrine of Christ is. They confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. If they don't have the right doctrine of Christ, they don't have God. And listen to me, church. We have people talking right now all about Jesus. Look, you know what? Jesus Christ is more than the Christmas story. You know what I was preaching on that float? He's not a baby anymore. Do you know the majority of the world only thinks of Jesus as a little baby? He's a whole lot more than, he was was that little baby. And by the way, if you transgress on the doctrine of Christ, you don't have God. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is who God said he is. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ of the Bible, then you're not saved. You can't believe that Jesus was born as everybody else was born and, and be saved. You can't believe that. If you don't believe he was born birth- if you reject the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ then you've rejected God you don't have God if you believe that If you don't believe he's God in the flesh you're not saved you don't have God if you don't abide in the doctrine of Christ If you do- the world thinks he's a good teacher you'll go to hell just thinking Jesus is a good teacher The world says he's a good man. You'll go to hell believing he's just a good man. The majority of the world thinks Jesus was a good man, a good teacher, a peaceful individual. If you don't believe he's God in the flesh, if you don't believe he's seated at the right hand of God, if you don't believe he rose from the dead, if you don't believe he's your judge, then you don't have God. You don't know the Jesus of the Bible. God says don't cooperate with people that are dragging your Savior down into a, into the mud of somebody else. Make him look just like everybody else. Mm. Or you're going to lose your full reward. I, I appreciate the Christmas story season. We can tell people about that baby and we can tell them that he was born to die. And then we can give them the rest of the story. I'm, uh, church, I'm telling you, the majority of Americans do not know the rest of the story. They do not know that Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. They don't know that. Nobody has ever declared to them emphatically that He's the way, He's the truth, and no man comes unto the Father but by Him. He's the only way! That He's the only judge. You know, it's easy to keep... Jesus is a baby. If he's the judge, if you think you're going to be judged by a baby, you're all right. If you think you're going to be judged by a grown man that was strong enough to hang on a cross with his head held high and bled for the sins that we commit, and you're going to have to face that guy. A full reward of deception, a full reward of cooperation, and lastly, a full reward... Face to face, would you go to verse number 22, or excuse me, verse 12? 2 John, verse 12. Having many things to write unto you. Boy, that, that could be a sermon, in itself. John says, There's so many things I want to say to you. I would not write them with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. This lady is not, not only gets a warning, but she, she's going to have some joy. And that joy is going to be when John comes and meets her face to face. And John says, I've got a whole lot I want to say to you. But you know what? I'm, I'm not going to write it down. I'm going to wait till I see you. And when I get to see you face to face, then we're going to talk it all over. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you everything that I want you to know and everything you need to hear. And when I do all that, man, our joy is going to be full. He didn't just say your joy. He said our joy. John said, I'm going to be just as happy as you are. I'm going to be just as joyful as you are. Because when we get face to face, there's going to be such joy. I remember when we'd come home from from the mission field from Romania and we'd call, you know, that was before you could FaceTime. Missionaries have it made now. They can look at people and talk. We couldn't do that in Romania, you know. We tried to, had to figure out how we could even make the calls long distance to talk to our family. But we, we'd get to talk on the phone and send emails and stuff like that. But man, when we got to come home and when I got to see Dad, and he and Mom would always come to the airport, and we'd come out with our kids, you know, we're coming through the airport, and they'd be sitting there waiting in line just to see their face. The joy of that reunion and the fellowship, you can't can't compare that to getting a note or a card or even talking on the phone to see them face to face. Man! And the joy that was there and the laughter and the hugs and the kisses. And we weren't just joyful, but mom and dad were joyful because when you get face to face, then there's... There's such a reunion and fellowship that can be had no other way. And the joy's full. You know what I think God's telling us here in this verse? He says, look, I want you to stay away from the deceivers. I don't want you to cooperate with the deceivers. I've got a full reward. And there's so much more, the Lord says, there's so much more I want to tell you. There's so much more Jesus would like to tell us. But probably he can't because we can't handle it all. He said that to the disciples, you know. <laughs> I have many things saying to you, but you cannot bear them now. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't take everything. If I, if I just gave it... No, no, not in your sinful state and in, in the body of your... No, you can't take it. I'll just have to wait till we're face to face. Guys, one of these days, I'm going to see my Lord face to face. And he's going to fill me in on things that he didn't write with paper and ink. And when He does, our joy is going to be full. And not only my joy, it's going to be, amen, it's going to be my joy to see Jesus, but it's going to be Jesus' joy to see me. And I just want to run a faithful race, and I don't want to be deceived, and I don't want to cooperate with His enemies, so that when I see Him, that full reward, face to face, will be there, and that joy will be full. Fullness of joy. Fanny Crosby that wrote all those songs, so blind, man, she'd write those songs as an encouragement to the saints of God, I believe probably till Jesus comes. And she wrote that, she wrote that song face to face. She said, someday the silver cord will break and I no more as now shall sing. But oh the joy when I shall wake in the palace of the king and I shall see him face to face and I'll tell the story saved by grace guys we have to live we have to live not for this moment we've got to live for the moment that it'll be face to face With Christ my Savior, face to face, what will it be? Maybe you don't have joy now. Face to face, there'll be fullness of joy. Joy will come in the morning. Can you imagine closing your eyes in death and opening them in the palace of the king? I don't want to be deceived. In light of when I see him. I don't want to live a life displeasing to him in light of the day that I'll see him. Your fullness of joy will never be realized until you're face to face. Because now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face. We read, you know where that text is? That's that's found in First Corinthians 13. He talks about prophecies, they'll cease. You know, I'm glad for this paper and ink. I'm glad for this good word of God that he's put me to read. But you know what? The joy I get from the Bible is not going to compare to when it's face to face. It'll be so much fuller. So much more real in my life. Christian, if you're you're saved, you better live for that day. And if you don't know you're born again, one day you're going to come face to face with Jesus Christ and he won't be a baby, he'll be your judge. And he's the one that said, I'm going to tell him in that day, depart from me, I never knew you and the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's, that's the same guy. So you can come to his salvation or you can have the judgment of God. you Are going to receive a full reward? Are you going to let somebody deceive you?